Section 24 of The Golden Web by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Two, Chapter Three A Painful Interview. Rowan sat still in his corner, and although the hotel could not be called fashionable, perhaps in these later days scarcely luxurious, the little ebb and flow of life upon which he looked seemed tinged with a peculiar bitterness. His hollow eyes followed each group of these men and women, so full of vivacity, of happiness, of affairs. The envy in his heart was like a real and passionate thing. It was an envy scarcely founded upon comparisons. For them was life, for him was none. In front of him always was that ghastly, unchanging verdict, a month, two at the most, thirty days of ill health, of suffering, of weakness, and, after that, what? He caught his breath with a little shudder, and, calling a passing waiter, ordered some brandy. He looked around and longed to find someone to speak to, someone to occupy his attention for a single moment, to stop the flow of gruesome fancies which seemed always biting their way into his brain. He had faced death readily enough in the old days, when Dean and he had ridden side by side, and the bullets had whizzed around them like rain, and the dead men lay in heaps. But this was different. The blood ran warm in their veins then. Their hearts were strong. He had no strength now to battle with these fancies, no strength to do anything but cower before the slowly coming, grisly shadow of his fate. He looked continually at the door, longing always for the return of his sister and the coming of Dean. Even the prison hospital was better than this. A girl passed by, young and beautiful, carrying in her arms a little dog. She threw a compassionate glance at Rowan, and he felt the sweat break out upon his forehead. It was too awful, this. He was rising to his feet even as Dean and his sister entered the lounge. He moved toward them with uncertain footsteps. "'We must have a sitting-room,' he said. "'I cannot face these people.' I am beginning to feel a coward. Dean went to the office, and very soon they found themselves upon the third floor in an apartment overlooking Northumberland Avenue, gorgeous with plush and gilt mirrors, stiffly arranged chairs, an ornate chiffonier. Rowan, who had come up in the lift muttering to himself, but obviously anxious for silence from his two companions, threw himself, almost as the door closed, upon the hard couch. I am broken, he cried, I am broken. Winifred sat on her knees by his side. Her arms went around his neck. Dean turned away and walked to the window a little awkwardly. Somehow he felt that it would be taken a mean advantage if he should look into her face, though all the time he was longing to see if her eyes had really softened, if those lips were really trembling a little, lips that were pressed to her brother's forehead. Basil, she whispered, you mustn't. Bear up, please. Mr. Dean is here. He has come with me. Sit up and talk to him. Rowan pulled himself together. He sat up, and Dean, obeying a gesture from her, crossed the room at once. Rowan, he said, I'm very sorry to see you like this. It's my first day out, Rowan answered. It's a little trying, you know, especially when the end is so near. I just wanted a few words with you, Dean. It's good of you to come. Dean nodded. I only wish there was something I could do, he said. There is nothing, answered Rowan. 
the girl turned away when you want me basil she said softly i shall be in the next room you might have some brandy brought up he said i must talk for a few minutes and i am not feeling very strong i will ring the bell in the other room she said and order it she disappeared through the connecting door dean who had found himself watching her slow even progress turned once more to the man who sat by his side i never thought i'd see you again rowan commenced i did my best dean i made friends with sinclair all right he was glad enough to have anyone to drink with and before long he began to tell me about his claim to the little anna mine did he believe in it asked dean absolutely rowan answered i'm quite sure of that he absolutely believed that directly he put it into the hands of any solicitor you would have to come to him and buy even though it cost you half your fortune he was waiting those few days to see if you came dean nodded tell me how it happened he said it was like this rowan continued speaking hoarsely and with difficulty that night he wasn't quite so drunk i pressed him a little too closely about his claim and where he kept the paper he was suddenly suspicious and quarrelsome he tried to turn me out and when i wanted to soothe him down he struck me he was a strong man and i was weak i think that he meant to murder me i remember i was half on the floor my forehead was bleeding already and he was coming towards me shrieking with rage i'm going to finish you he called out then i struck hoping only to stun him and as you know the blow killed him i forgot for a moment about the paper i thought only about making my escape i had bad luck and i did not succeed i'm afraid it was a bungling sort of a job dean i'm very sorry indeed dean said that i ever suggested it to you it wasn't your fault rowan answered nothing of this sort would have happened if he hadn't come for me i meant to rob him if i could i'll admit that but no more you see it was useless for me to try and open negotiations he was too confident altogether he spoke of a million pounds as his price tell me he went on how do things stand now who has possession of the paper dean hesitated for a moment i do not know rowan's face fell he seemed disappointed i had an idea he said slowly that you might have made some attempt to recover it everything was left in the room at the hotel for some time it was easily done i did make an attempt dean said slowly i have searched the room for that paper but failed to find it you yourself rowan asked eagerly yes i heard that there was a claimant coming for sinclair's effects and they were going to be removed to scotland yard i took a room at the hotel i got hold of a key i went through everything the man had it was in the breast pocket of his gray coat underneath the lining rowan gasped i found the place dean answered but it was empty rowan wiped the sweat from his forehead his breathing was becoming difficult already the excitement was affecting him but it was there on that night he exclaimed he took off his coat a few minutes before and i saw him feel it in the lining all i can tell you dean answered is that the lining of the gray coat was torn as though something had been abstracted the paper was not there it was not anywhere in the room i ran a risk he continued after a moment's pause which i dare not think of even now but it was in vain someone had been before me was there anyone else upon the scent then rowan asked can you think of anyone dean asked 
Rowan looked at him with distended eyes. You don't mean to insinuate, he began, that I, that I had given it away? Not willfully, said Dean. Is there anyone at all to whom you spoke of this? Rowan shook his head. Only to my sister, he said, and she is as silent as the grave. Nevertheless, Dean said, the paper is gone. Someone has it, is holding it now, for a purpose, I suppose. There can be but one purpose. Perhaps, he added, you had better ask your sister to be quite sure whether she ever mentioned its existence to anyone. We will ask her at once, Rowan exclaimed. I will ask her before you. Let me get up. Help me. I will fetch her. Dean stretched out his hand. No, he said, you must not excite yourself, Rowan. I will knock at the door and call your sister. Rowan lay back, gasping. Dean crossed the room and knocked at the door, which led to the inner apartment. Miss Rowan, he said. She opened the door almost immediately. Yes. Dean stood aside. Your brother, he said, has a question to ask you. End of section 24